0: Welcome to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast, the podcast about healthcare relating to courts. With your host, Jeff Clayton, chiropractic physician, Hello, and welcome to The Forensic Chiropractor. The Forensic Chiropractor is a podcast about chiropractic as it relates to the courts. This podcast is about injuries that have the potential to go to court. I'm Jeff Clayton, chiropractic physician in Utah. I'm a board-certified independent medical examiner from the American Board of Independent Medical Examiners. And I have extensive postgraduate training, you can see my CV at ime-utah.com, and I've performed over 500 IMEs for plaintiff and defense. The last podcast covered how injuries occur with no damage to vehicles and patients in collisions with no damage often go through more treatment than patients with damage to the vehicle. I would like to spend some time today going over the chances of being hurt in a low-speed and minimal to no-damage collision and how this compares to normal activities of daily living. Today's study was published in 2021 in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health by Paul Nolet, Larry Nordhoff, Vicki Christman, Arthur Croft, Maurice Zegers, and Michael Freeman. This article is titled, Acceleration, a Valid Proxy for Injury Risk in Minimal Damage Traffic Crashes, a Comparative Review of Volunteer, ADL, and Real World Studies. This article starts by stating that minimal damage crashes make up a substantial portion of civil litigation. They showed that minimal damage crashes often litigate on causation. They reported that insurer defendants often rely on engineering or biomechanical approach to show no possible causation. These biomechanical analyses often reconstruct delta V, which is the change in velocity, and then assign G-forces to the collision. They then compare G-forces for normal activities of daily living and conclude that the risk of being injured in a collision is the same as normal activities of daily living. They often compare a minimal damage crash as no more likely to cause a medically observed injury than forces encountered when walking, running, sitting down in a chair, head nodding, or sneezing. Today's study looks into the claims of minimal damage collisions, having similar forces as the activities of daily living, or ADLs. They start by showing that a 1999 study showed that minimal and no-damage crashes have an injury rate of 20%, and a 2020 study showed several hundred thousand injuries were diagnosed in the U.S. emergency departments from minimal and no-damage crashes, These two studies alone are at odds with a biomechanical analysis that always shows the same conclusion that minimal damage and no damage collisions have the same potential to injure someone as normal activities. For this study, they went to the literature and looked up studies that had rear impact crash tests of human volunteers that reported the delta V or change in velocity and showed the acceleration in G's or gravitational force. Next, they found a study showing linear and angular head acceleration recorded from various activities of daily living, including walking, sitting, head nodding, running, chair plopping, jumping down from a stair, and leaping. Next, they found literature showing information regarding real-world impact collisions that were reconstructed for speed changes. Only papers with airbag sensor data were included. These studies had the average peak acceleration in G-forces and duration of the crash impulse in milliseconds and change in velocity in kilometers per hour. The activities of daily living studies showed that walking and sitting produced less than 1 G, and the highest ADL G-forces came with jumping from a stair and leaping, which were around 4 Gs. The g-forces involved in an 11 kilometer per hour or 8.6 mile per hour collision is around 12 g's. This is three times higher than the g-forces involved in activities of daily living. During the 11 kilometer an hour or 6.8 mile per hour collision, There is an angular acceleration of 1,150 rads per second squared, and this is 13 times greater than angular acceleration for any of the ADLs. This study went on to show that no literature was found showing injury risk for ADLs. They reported that this is, quote, likely because ordinary ADLs do not cause injury in healthy people, and thus the topic has previously carried no research interest, end quote. They reported that it is reasonable to assume that ordinary ADLs such as walking or sitting down would likely be less than one injury per 1 million steps or one injury per 3,650 acts of sitting. This study showed that you are 2,000 times more likely to be injured in the 11 km per hour or 6.8 mph collision than you are sitting or walking. They compared these biomechanical analysis to walking down the stairs and falling down the stairs. They reported that walking and falling down the stairs do share similar attributes, but a comparison of risk of being injured by walking and falling down the stairs should not be made. Similarly, traffic crashes and some ADLs share similar attributes. ADLs should not be used to compare risk for a traffic crash. They concluded that injury risk of a minimal to no damage rear impact crash is at least three orders of magnitude greater than the injury risk of any ADL. This study went on to show that the defense community has published studies showing comparisons of crashes and activities of daily living. These studies have all been funded by the insurance companies. The conclusion they came up with showed that, quote, there is an enormous disparity between the risk of injury from ADLs and minimal damage crashes, and that the former cannot be used as a proxy for the latter, end quote. The risk of injury in minimal to no damage crashes is at least 20%, and this is thousands of times greater than injury risk of normal ADLs, quote, These results demonstrate that the biomechanical approach utilized in the legal defense of injury claims in which the injury risk of a minimal damage rear impact crash is deemed comparable to the injury risk of ADLs is an invalid method for evaluating injury causation. The approach should be discontinued or in the alternative Ruled inadmissible by courts as it used results in unreliable expert testimony. End quote. This is a classic example of trying to show what can or cannot happen in a collision and not what did happen. The defense in litigation is trying to show that injuries cannot occur any more frequent in these collisions than normal activities, while other studies have shown that even low-speed collisions with minimal or no damage cause injuries 20% of the time. I am interested to know that yes, injuries can occur and that risk of being injured is thousands of times greater than normal activities. With that being said, it is most important to use all available information and means to show an injury did occur and it is related to the collision or it is not. Now, for a real world example, I did a deposition for a patient in a low speed collision. I spent a lot of time discussing the patient's injuries as seen with objective evidence on imaging. There was a lumbar disc herniation seen on MRI right after the collision. The MRI did not show type one modic changes or any modic changes at all. The MRI did not show signs of osseous degeneration and no disc space height loss. The herniation was focal and not circumferential. The herniation was abutting the nerve root with no compression. The patient had no history of back pain, but developed back pain and radiculopathy right after the motor vehicle collision. All evidence in this case shows a new disc herniation likely caused by trauma and correlated perfectly with this patient's motor vehicle collision. The defense hired an expert to help with this case after my deposition. The defense expert had an approach similar to the study we went over today. The defense expert had no opinion on the images. He had no opinion on why there is a new focal herniation with no osseous degenerative changes and no loss of disc space height. He had no opinion on the patient not having a prior history of back pain, and a sudden onset of back pain with ridiculous symptoms right after a traumatic event. There was no disputing the facts of the case as I explained in my deposition. The entire defense report suggested that a low-speed collision could in no way cause injuries to the lumbar spine. It was his opinion that the forces in the motor vehicle collision would be similar to most normal daily activities. He even reported that the change in velocity would be high with every step we take, and that would be similar to the forces in his motor vehicle collision. He did not dispute the actual injury or even comment on the new or old nature of the injuries. It was just that his injuries were more likely from normal activities and would have not had anything to do with the collision. I was asked to write a rebuttal on the defense expert's report. I started by reporting that this expert gave no opinion of the patient's images and his actual injuries. There was no rebuttal of all the evidence showing he had a new injury. I challenged him to spend time looking at the images and the facts of the case and offer an opinion on this case. Then I was able to use the study we went over today to show that his opinion is not based in science and has been proven wrong. I showed that today's study showed that you are 2,000 times more likely to be injured in a low-speed collision, meaning 11 kilometers per hour or 6.8 miles per hour, than you are in normal daily activities. I also showed that today's study showed that these low-speed collisions can create up to 12 Gs of force, while most normal activities produce between one and four Gs. I reported that this study has shown that, in fact, 20% of people in low-speed motor vehicle collisions have injuries and that his particular case showed that he was one of these 20%. I was not surprised to see that the defense expert was unwilling to rebut my rebuttal of his report and that the insurance company pushed to settle the case. I see it too often that the actual facts of a case are disregarded and rhetoric is used. This drives me crazy. I think working on an injury case is a lot of fun and I get to be a detective in a lot of ways and look at all of the available evidence and see what the story tells us. This is so much more important than stating what can and cannot happen in a collision. It is more fun to state what did happen. Although research like today's study has helped us understand that yes, injuries can occur and the mechanisms of a motor vehicle collision are very different than normal daily activities. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Please subscribe so you don't miss out on any future podcasts. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast. Dr. Clayton can be found online at ime-utah.com. Theme song is Three Fishers by the band Aggregate. Three corpses lay out on the shining sand. In the morning, the time